Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of Fixin' to Talk Sports. I am your host, Ryan Brown. Today, I have two guests on the show. Two guests this week. Pumped to have a three-man crew. We got Zach Lacey and Lil Mike is back as well. Fellas, how we doing? Wonderful. Glad to be back. Absolutely thrilled to be here, Ryan. Thanks for having us. Of course. Uh, it, it is well time we talk about some more college football. Mike, I know we talked about how the college football playoff was shaping up uh, about a month ago, but now that the regular season is in the books, conference titles have been determined. We are down to the final four teams, and I think that we should not only preview that, but also give our best of the bowl season. So without further ado, let's get right off to it. Let's start off with a banger. We know that the Bulls have have become sort of a marketing chip. They always have been. But nowadays, it's getting extreme, if you ask me. Some of these Bull names are just absolutely absurd for the best and for the worst. So let's start off by just going through some of these Bull names. Not even – we're going to ignore the teams that are playing in them. Let's just talk some bowl names first. So, Zach, give give me the best bowl name you think is out there currently. <clears throat> Man, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna switch it up on your first. I'm gonna go with the worst bowl name. I just gotta get this one out of the way. Uh, this man does not want his worst being stolen. All right, just, all right. It combines two of the things that I just dislike the most. Like in the world, it is the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Fuck Duke, that trash ass school, and then fuck Mayo, that disgusting ass condiment. Why those two would come together, I have no idea. Okay, so I have two things to say about that. The first part of your statement was incorrect, but the latter half of your statement was very much correct. Mayo is a terrible condiment, It, it should be banned from the United States of America. Just cease all production of it. Get out. I agree. Yeah. Um, you see, you see, I got the reverse of Ryan. Like fuck Duke, like Zach said. But you know, I, I actually do enjoy mayo on uh, my Yuck! my sandwiches. But that you know that that may explain why I have a little bit of a gut going on these days. It is pretty fattening. So um, yeah. All right, Mike. Give me your worst bull name since uh, we've we've been swerved. Oh God, man. I mean. There are so many to pick from. I, it's it's this. Oh my goodness! You know, if I had to go with a worst bowl name, I guess I would go with. And this bowl is taking place on Tuesday, December twenty first, twenty twenty one. The Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. I mean, <laughs> what in the fuck are we doing, guys? We're advertising Tropical Smoothie Cafe. I don't even know where there's a Tropical Smoothie Cafe near me. Like, seriously? How does that sponsor get a bowl? Like, I, I don't what know. Are we, like, there's literally, on like, two days after that, there's the Fr- Frisco Football Classic. Standard bowl name, whatever. Two days before, Frisco has a bowl called the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. What? I don't know who I don't know who Frisco is, but apparently they're a big enough brand that they got two bowls somehow. So not only do they get two bowls, the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl got a ranked team in it. Like that's what makes it worse. It's not just like two shitters. San Diego State's twenty fourth, and they're playing in that. Aren't they playing uh, UTSA as well? Yeah, and UTSA is like 
God. They had one loss. That's a good game. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. All right. My worst bowl game. It is unequivocally the worst bowl I have ever heard of in my life. It is the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. Fuck AutoZone. And if you don't know why, fuck AutoZone. Ask my brother. Ask Jonathan. Ask any of those other simps for the AutoZone commercial. That song lives rent-free in my head um, because of it. R- Ryan, that, that, Ryan, that's O'Reilly's auto parts. I don't care. Fuck all of them. <laughs> fuck O'Reilly's. Fuck AutoZone. Fuck all of them. I hate them. O'Reilly's is lives in my head rent-free. I don't even acknowledge it. I call it AutoZone. I don't care. They all suck. If you want a, 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 a an honorable mention, PUBG Mobile. Yeah. I don't want to bring that one up. <laughs> yeah. What? What? How? How does a video game get a bowl? Not just any video game. A mobile app. A mobile video game got a bowl. I mean, um, it is New Mexico. <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, I can't. I can't. Dude, but also, how the fuck does Jimmy Kimmel get his own bowl? What? Yeah, <laughs> I, I like. I don't understand that one. Like that, he, Jimmy Kimmel got a bowl game. <laughs> Is he gonna call the game? Like, at least tell me he's doing something. I mean, he's got to be there doing something. I. Oh, I mean, has to, has to. The 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 other. I I guess my my one shout out would be the uh, roofclaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. <laughs> like how, like anytime you see a dot com in a bowl name, it's just like yeah. a, like wow, <laughs> like wow. We got websites getting bowl games. Not even like the company name, the website itself. Yeah, like, we've oh. uh, we've allowed the bowl system to just get out of hand. We thought you know the BCS was bad, and the college football playoffs said, "Hold my beer." <laughs> yeah. So let's let's see if we can find some actual good bowl names. And uh, like Zach did, I'm going to start and make sure I get mine out of the way. And it's going to be the Wasabi Fenway Bowl, strictly because Fenway. Go Fenway. That, that's, that's all I got. That was the best bowl name I could find. Literally the best. <laughs> Zach, you got anything? Love it. I mean, um, I'll t- uh, oof. I-, I got a couple that I actually like. I'll only say one because I don't want to take it take if Mike has one. But the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Tony the Tiger. <laughs> gotta, gotta love me some Tony the Tiger, man. I mean, I don't why? I don't know. But in in El Paso, Texas, sure, why not? Love it. Hey, yeah, you know, who doesn't love Tony the Tiger? Frosted Flakes are pretty good cereal. Pretty good. You know? They're the goat. I mean, Fendi. Um, you know, there are a few I could go with. Uh, the ones I want to shout out are the Bahamas and Myrtle Beach Bowl, just because who doesn't want to go to the Bahamas or Myrtle Fendi. Beach? I mean, fantastic locations. But uh, best bowl name is, where is it? Military Bowl, because go America. That's it. That's oh, that's piss. why. Respect. We, piss. We respect, hate America. Res, respect the military. Ah, oh, he fucked us. Yep, I've been had. I'm now a dead man walking because I reside in the South now. So now that they know <laughs> I am no longer pro-military now, I, I'm a dead man walking. Uh, I'm I'm going to upload this pod and I'm going I'm to head out. All right. That's tough. There's uh, one more, one more, one more. Oh, the, the Cheez-It Bowl. Yes. <laughs> Fucking Cheez-Its, man. Love Cheez-Its. <laughs> Who doesn't love Cheez-Its? Better than Goldfish. Fendi. Ooh. 
I don't know if that's a hot take, but I'm with it. But I'm with it. <laughs> All right. Now let's now let's talk some actual football matchups. Uh, let's talk about some of the better, or in our case, the best non-New Year's Six bowl matchups. So games that are not part of the New Year's Six rotation. Mike, get me started. What matchup piques your interest? Well, you know, you got to look through and try to find a ranked versus ranked matchup that doesn't fall into the New Year's Six categories because otherwise you're going to find some pretty, you know, lopsided matchups that are out there. Um, and the one that I found that piqued my interest the most, um, it was, where was it? Oh, no, Mike. Uh, nope, I got Nope, is that the one? This is yeah, bad. I got this it. Bad. It's the Verbo Citrus Bowl, which is being played on New Year's Day, but it's technically not a New Year's Six Bowl. It's not one of the big ones. And it is between Big Ten runner-up, Iowa. Hawks, Hawks, Hawks. And SEC, we should be a basketball school, but we've somehow turned into a football school, Kentucky. Um, both of those teams had really solid, not great years. Uh, they were clearly not the alpha dogs of their conferences, but they were both really good teams with some really talented players on their side, especially um, Tyler Linderbaum, the center for Iowa, who's like apparently the greatest center prospect ever. And um, yeah, that should be a fun game. I mean, both teams are kind of playing for it for pride. It's kind of under the radar as there are like three bigger games going on that day. But uh, overall, some really talented rosters, some really talented football players. And that on paper should be a really quality matchup. Mm. I was tempted to take that one as mine just for the sole reason of Iowa being a part of it. But uh, I found one that was a little bit better. I'll save it for last. Zach, give me one non-New Year's Six Bowl you are actually looking forward to watching this year. Um, so I fucking hate the name of the bowl, but the Duke's Mayo Bowl <laughs> <laughs> actually should be a good game. North Carolina versus South Carolina. You got Sam Howell. You got the Carolinas going at it. It's in Charlotte. So both teams are going to bring a lot of people. It should be a really fun game to watch. It should be great atmosphere there. Um, and you get to watch one of the best quarterbacks in the country go do his thing uh, against an SEC school. So it should be a lot of fun. So that's an early start. If I uh, 11.30 a.m. on the that's, that's 10, 10.30 at the best time zone, central standard time. Uh, Not so even that's a time zone. Uh, Barely even a time zone. That's, that's just false. So part time zones. All right. All right. I'm not winning this one. Uh, my best non-New Year's Six Bowl matchup, like Mike's, is also a matchup of ranked teams. However, it is a matchup between the 17th ranked Wake Forest Demon Deacons and the 25th ranked Texas A&M Aggies. That's in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. Don't like that bowl name either, but hey, it's a bowl game. And that's an even worse start time for your boy. That's a 10 a.m. local start. Sucking. On New uh, New Year's Eve, brutal. Literally, we'll be going to bed when that starts. That is just terrible. Uh, but this game features a true style clash between one team with a great offense and a terrible defense. That would be Wake Forest. And one team with a great defense, but a very subpar offense due to injuries and whatnot in Texas A&M. Uh, both teams coming into this one off a loss, so they're going to be looking to end the, get back on track and end the season with a bang. For Wake Forest specifically, their quarterback wide receiver duo of Sam Hartman and A.T. Perry, who was a semifinalist for best receiver of the year, 
they're going to be looking to put an exclamation point on a historic season for the Demon Deacons. They got their highest ranking in school history. I think they were all the way up to like eight at one point uh, when they were undefeated at uh, 10 and 0, I want to say, or maybe 8 and 0, something like that. Uh, and for the Aggies, I mean, it's going to be a chance for the likes of their current starting quarterback, Zach Calzada, who, and running back Isaiah Spiller uh, to wrap up their time in College Station with full victories. Calzada's already announced he's going to be transferring. He's entered the transfer portal. Isaiah Spiller is headed on to the NFL. He has declared for the draft. So it should be a good, good game. Styles clash. I'm very interested to see how that one shapes up. Let's talk now New Year's Six Bulls. So obviously we're going to talk about the college football playoffs. So we're talking about the other four games specifically. But if we want to get a head start into the college football playoff, I'm okay with that too. Uh, Zach, give me the best New Year's Six Bull matchup that you're looking forward to watching. Uh, Well, this one is totally dependent on one player. But the Peach Bowl for Pittsburgh in Michigan State, if Kenny Pickett actually decides to play or if he decides to just call it a career and head off to the NFL. But if he plays, you get to see him against an actual real defense for one time this year and see what he's made of going ahead into the draft. Uh, could be very well be a high, very high draft pick if uh, this goes well and his, all his uh, interviews and shit go well throughout the pre-draft process. So Michigan State and Pittsburgh – uh, not a matchup you think you would have seen coming into the year, uh, but it could be a lot of fun if all the top guys play. Yeah, Pickett being Heisman finalist, finishing in the top four for that award. He had a phenomenal season carrying the the Pitt Panthers to an ACC title, and it, I hope he plays because uh, I wa- I want to see if he has the balls to attempt another fake slide, even though that's already been banned. <laughs> Uh, Mike, give me, give me a, a New Year's Six Bowl matchup you're looking forward to. Well, I'm glad Zach picked that one because I actually had a different New Year's Six Bowl that's not a playoff matchup in mind myself, and that is the Rose Bowl game between Ohio State and Utah. And that's interesting because one of Ohio State's two losses this year was to Oregon, and two of three of Oregon's losses this year were to Utah, and they were ugly losses. So on transitive property theory alone, Utah should be favored in this game, but that's not how this is going to work because that Ohio State team is very different from the team that lost to Oregon at the beginning of the year. C.J. Stroud, um, one of the other you know great quarterbacks in this country, finished behind uh, Pickett and Heisman winner Bryce Young um, in the Heisman voting rankings as well as defensive end Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, it, it'll probably be the last game for Chris Olave, definitely for Olave and probably for Garrett Wilson as well. Both of them are headed of the NFL, likely first-round picks at wide receiver. A uh, good chance to watch Travion Henderson, a running back. If you haven't seen him yet, he's a freshman out of Ohio State. He's exceptionally talented, going to make a massive difference in the NFL one day. Uh, a good chance to see what that Buckeyes defense does against a pretty legitimate out-of-conference offense in Utah that's put up some points this year and always seems to play very physical defense. We don't get to see them on the national stage this much. Usually it's like Oregon, USC, UCLA coming out of that conference in big games. So it's nice to see Utah get that national spotlight and see what they can do with it. I'm glad you picked the Rose Bowl, Mike, because I picked a different game other than both of you. So good on us. Uh, I have picked the All-State Sugar Bowl as my matchup to watch for in the New Year's Six uh, between the seventh-ranked Baylor Bears 
and the eighth-ranked Ole Miss Rebels. This one should be a lot of fun to watch if you like offense. Uh, it's going to be high-scoring affair, pretty much guaranteed, as both teams average over 200 passing and 200 rushing yards per game. So we're talking 450, 500 yards of offense a game from both of these teams. Uh, interestingly enough, both of these teams or schools have played in the Sugar Bowl in recent memory. Baylor lost the 2020 edition of the Sugar Bowl to Georgia a couple of years ago. And then back in 2016, Ole Miss won uh, against Oklahoma State. So they do have a little bit of recent history in this bowl. Uh, but I think with the way the offenses shape out and the, the fact that the defenses aren't too good on either side, uh, this game's easily going to come down to who has the ball last. So I think it's, it's certified to be uh, a great game to watch on New Year's Day. It's the nightcap on New Year's Day. So should be a fun way to end that day of football. Let's move on. To before we get into talking about the college football playoff semifinals, let's actually wrap up the whole Bulls talk with a little mortal lock parlay. So let's all give a couple of picks that we would parlay together uh, that we think is certified to hit, similar to what we do on the Mouth and Off show each week uh, with NFL. So, Zach, give me. A mortal lock parlay for bowl season. All right. Got a six-teamer here for you. <clears throat> Starting Oklahoma uh, over Oregon. Oregon's just frauds. They're dog shit. Oklahoma's going to wipe the floor with them. Then you got those frauds down in uh, down in South Carolina from Dabo, Sweeney's little buddies. Iowa State's going to wipe the floor with Clemson. Easy. My game, my game to pick, UNC, going to take down South Carolina. Uh, Pitt, as long as Kenny Pickett plays, take down Michigan State pretty easily. And then two slam dunks, Bama and Georgia. Just not even going to be competitive football games in those two. You got a nice six-teamer there. Should net you a pretty profit. Yeah, I would love to see what the odds on that one are. They're probably actually pretty high. Probably pretty good. Uh, Mike, give me your mortal luck parlay. All right, so my mortal lock parlay is only half as long as X. I'm only going to give you three teams. I'm feeling a little risk-averse this evening. I know, I know. Um, my first one, in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, Texas A&M over Wake Forest. Wake Forest played in the Joe Conference all year. A&M is the only team that handed Bama a loss. They're a talented team. Ryan, you talked about all the guys departing and how this is their last dance. They're going to want to go out with a bang and show that number one incoming class what they're made of. Um, I don't see any way A&M loses that game. The second one, I'm going to copy one off Zach. Alabama, don't bet against Nick Saban, especially in the playoff semifinal. Cincinnati's a mid-major for a reason. There is no shot they win this game. Um, and, and, and then the third one, in the Fiesta Bowl, the one New Year's Six Bowl we didn't talk about, Notre Dame over Oklahoma State. They're playing for Marcus Freeman. They got the new coach. They're going to want to shove it to Brian Kelly and tell him FU after he abandoned them to go down to LSU. Um, not saying whether or not that was the right decision, just saying that they're going to be very emotionally charged up for this game and want to go out and show what they're made of uh, and send a message like we deserve to be in the playoff. So A&M, Bama, Notre Dame, mortal lock parlay. Okay. All right. I like that one. Uh, I'm going to steal one of Zach's picks for my four part parlay. Uh, Bama minus 13 and a half over Cincinnati 
that's that's a stone cold block. I'm sorry. Cincinnati might be the last undefeated team in college football, but and they may have a very respectable squad in their own right, but they are no match for the best out of the SEC. No no shot that this is close. Uh, so definitely started off with Bama minus 13 and a half. I'm going to throw in Arkansas plus two and a half versus Penn state, just because go Arkansas. Uh, that's, that's my new home state. So we're just going <laughs> to, we're just going to throw that in there for shits and gigs. And then I get, I'm going to give you a two over unders that you need to hammer two. First one. We actually mentioned this bull already, Iowa and Kentucky. Give me the under at 44. Neither of these teams like offense. They both like to play in lower scoring games. Uh, give me the under 44 in that one. And then in the Sugar Bowl, Baylor, Ole Miss, the over-under is set at 55. They should obliterate that. That that should be an easy, easy over. So that is my four-pick parlay. And if we, if I were to place that on Bovada right here, right now, hundred dollar bet gets you eleven hundred seventy six bucks. You're welcome. Take it. You're welcome. Jeez. All right, now let's get into <laughs> the main event. Let's talk about the college football playoff semifinals. First matchup on New Year's Eve is the number one seeded Alabama Crimson Tide winners of the SEC taking on the Cincinnati Bearcats, the 13-0 winners of the American and the first ever group of five team to make it into the college football playoff. So let's, let's talk about what we might think are keys to the game as well as just general thoughts to start. So Mike, give me, give me your initial thoughts and what you think might be a key to the game. Which game is this, the Bama Cincy or the Michigan Georgia? It, good good sorry. thing you're locked in. Sorry, I zoned out there for a second. It was, My uh, apologies. Uh, Alabama Cincinnati. Oh, Alabama. We're, we're, we're actually going to talk about that game? Yeah, I was surprised. Uh, it's, uh, oh, okay, never mind. I, I can stay zoned out. Um, <laughs> on, 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 honestly, the key is like Bama, Bama gets disqualified because Cincinnati <laughs> doesn't stand a chance. Like, they, like I, I am very happy that Cincinnati made it. It's a cool story. A mid-major school did deserve it, but they don't stand a chance. Like, they don't have the talent to keep up with Alabama. Bryce Young is the best quarterback in the country, and it's not particularly close. Alabama's offense is far superior to Cincinnati's offense, even with Desmond Ritter and former Bama running back Jerome Ford in the backfield. They they just don't have the offensive weapons to keep up with Bama. And as good of a corner as Sauce Gardner is, six foot 390 pounds, future, future NFL prospect, He's not good enough to stay with Jamison Williams. Jamison Williams is arguably the best receiver in the entire country. He's lit it up for Bama this year, having, I think, around 1,500 receiving yards, give or take 50 or so, uh, 15 touchdowns, ridiculous downfield speed. Even without Mechie, Williams can light it up downfield and and stretch the field for Bama in a way that opens up the middle passing game for Young. Um, Bama's defense should have no problem shutting down an offense that's pretty on par with George's and that, uh, they managed, and that's an offense they managed to shut down the SEC championship game. So tr- truly, the key is like, you know, w- w- what kind of appetizers can you get uh, during that game? Because that's really going to be the entertain- entertaining part of that. 
See, I knew we could get you to say something, Mike. I knew, <laughs> I, knew, I knew there was something to talk about, even if it wasn't even related to the game. Uh, Zach, do you have anything to add on this one? Uh, you know, I mean, Cincinnati, they, they, they could cover the spread if they don't turn the ball over at all. Um, <laughs> like maybe like a back, like couple touchdowns, like late in the game when Alabama puts in the third stringers, but it's, it's unfortunate that Cincinnati had to be the first group of five team to come in and just play Bama. Like you play Michigan or Georgia, they're going to lose, but they might not get embarrassed. This game has the chance for it to be like Notre Dame a few years ago and just get absolutely embarrassed. And people like, Oh, this is why we don't put these guys in the playoffs. Yeah. It, it like, seems, it seems like this is becoming a theme. There's always one uh, semifinal game that uh, over the past few years, at least in recent memory, that is just a blowout LSU over Oklahoma was yeah. just embarrassingly over by halftime. That was miserable to watch. That 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 wasn't even enjoyable. That was just pathetic. Like, I mean, it was great for me. I I had the over and the over hit in the first half. So, <laughs> that, that that's that's nice from like a neutral, just like oh, I want to see a good game perspective. That wasn't very fun. Yeah, I mean, I just thought it was gonna be a lot of points. Boy, was I right? But um, <laughs> yeah, first half it was great. A lot of points for LSU. That's. For sure. <laughs> What bro have six TDs at halftime? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. Good stuff. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I Cincinnati's had a had a really nice season. Um, it's going to come to a screeching halt. Yeah, um, I I would tend to agree with you as the fact that we've both got my Bama covering in our mortal lock parlay. So. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt as to who we're picking in this matchup. Uh, if we're going to talk uh, keys to the game, if, if there's any hope for Cincinnati to, to win the game or even just cover, I think they just have to find ways to get pressure on Bryce Young and just create pressure enough to slow down that Bama offense just enough to keep the game in reach. The problem is, like you guys have already said, I don't think that's possible. I don't think Cincinnati has the talent to be able to do that. Uh, so again, this game really shouldn't be close. And the only chance that Cincinnati really has is like said, Zach said a backdoor cover when in garbage time. So uh, hopefully Cincinnati can prove us wrong and give us a good game. Uh, but look for this one to be over uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, and if, if there were any X factor, it, I mean, it's. I think it's obvious. It's not even a player. It's. It's just the it's experience. Bama has been in the college football playoff every year, but one now. So that's seven out of eight. This is Cincinnati's. Obviously, their first one. So th- they've never been on a stage quite like this. Yeah, they were in the Peach Bowl against Georgia last year, and they only lost uh, on a field goal at the buzzer. But that Georgia team had so many starters sit out due to injury or going to the draft transferring whatever that they were basically playing backups and third stringers and they still couldn't beat them so uh yeah this one's not going to be pretty most likely let's talk yeah. about the game that Wait, should before, be before we do that just just as a reference point for what it takes to keep alabama out of the playoff um joe burrow <clears throat> number one overall pick in the nfl draft 
Jamar Chase, number five overall pick, leads all rookie wide receivers in receiving yards. Justin Jefferson, number 22 overall pick, led all rookies in receiving yards last year. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, number 32 overall pick in the NFL draft. Um, second best running back in that class, obviously, but still uh, had a, has had a productive career, went healthy. Terrace Marshall, mid-round pick for Carolina. Like, it took an NFL offense to keep Alabama out of the playoff. Like, no one's ever – that's what it takes to keep Alabama out, and that's what it takes to beat Alabama, since he doesn't have that. So, sorry, I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, and I mean, there, that wasn't the only NFL talent. Like, you look at Oklahoma, I think that was the year uh, – maybe Kyler Murray was – that was his last year, I think. Um, Jalen Hurts was the QB that Jalen year. Hurts, yeah. It was Jalen Hurts' year. Okay, but that's still – I mean, he's NFL. a great NFL quarterback right now. Yeah. I mean, that he's still got a lot of room to grow, but at the same time, like, that's that's the type of, of talent it took to keep Alabama out of the playoff that year. So that's, that's nuts. Uh, but let's let's talk. Let's move on and talk about the Capital One Orange Bowl. Number two, Georgia taking on number three, Michigan. Georgia, obviously, coming on off the heels of that really not good loss against Bama in the SEC title game. Like I said, you got Michigan coming off their first Big Ten championship since 2004. Their first win against Ohio State in a decade. Their first 12 win season in over 20. In almost 25 years. So there's a lot. This Michigan team is making a lot of history right now. And Harbaugh seems to have sort of, at least for now, uh, cooled his his hot seat uh, with this run. Uh, so let's talk about what uh, would be the key to the game in this one. Uh, Mike, give me something to talk about here in this matchup. Well, the key to this game is going to be Cade McNamara. Um, Georgia's run defense is borderline impenetrable with Jordan Davis on the field, as well as um, what's his name, uh, Devontae Wyatt. That defensive tackle pairing is the best in the country by a long shot. You can't run up the middle on them, and Michigan's entire offense has run through Hassan Haskins all year. 1,288 rushing yards. He's been the, the focal point in them getting this far. Um, but with those two and N'Kobe Dean up the middle and inside linebacker, He's not going to have the lanes that he's had over the past few weeks. What Bama showed is that if you can get the aerial attack going, this Georgia defense has a lot of holes in it in its secondary and is very beatable. If Cade McNamara can get going and get in rhythm quick, you can get inside the heads of this Georgia team and you, you, you can get to this defense. You can put up points. You can get yards. You can stretch the field and you can make Stetson Bennett um, – yeah, Bennett's a starter. I, I forget if it's Bennett or Daniels half the time because they're basically the same person. You can make you can, you can make Stetson Bennett have to beat you, and quite frankly, he can't beat a lot of really good teams. He's a game manager type of quarterback. So if McNamara gets going, Michigan's going to have a chance. If McNamara doesn't get going, allows Georgia to run the ball, tries to tries to get everything through Haskins out of the backfield. It's going to be a long day for Michigan fans, and there's only so much that Aiden Hutchinson's. Aiden Hutchinson's going to be able to do on the other side. I think that begs the question, and I'll let Zach answer this follow-up question first. Was the Georgia team that we saw in the SEC championship the real Georgia team, or was that a fluke? Like, was it was the, the, the Georgia team we saw in the regular season that just cruised through their schedule and 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 racked up some some impressive wins, but not not against like the top teams. Is that the team that we should think is going to show up to this matchup or was the sec title game a sort of a wake-up call? Of, oh 
They just hadn't played anyone at that level yet. That's what they really are. You know, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I mean, they ran, they ran into Alabama. I mean, he had him ready to go. Uh, Georgia's defense is very, very good. Alabama just might just might have an offense that just can't be stopped. Um, I think I think Georgia's defense is going to show up in this game, and it's going to be a low-scoring game. I'd I'd hammer that under forty-three, whatever it was. I think like forty-three and a half, um, which benefits I think both teams because I don't don't think either offense has the firepower to just go 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 all game long as we saw in the SEC title game, um, and. Michigan puts up points, but not in a hurry like Alabama would. So I think Georgia's defense is going to show up a lot better in this game, and they'll be ready. They have had plenty of time to prepare. Uh, they'll be a lot better in this game than they were against Alabama. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. And I think the, the key to this game is going to be who wins the battle in the trenches. Both these teams, like you guys have been talking about, are built pretty similarly, very – alike in play style where they just rely on a very tough nose, stingy defense, and they just try and run you to death on the ground. They, they're not going to beat you with deep bombs. They're not going to, they're not going to beat you to death through the air. They're just going to grind you out. And so in a matchup with two very talented teams in very similar styles like that, it's just going to come down to who can control the line of scrimmage, stay out of those third and long situations and take care of the football. So that, that kind of, when, when you're talking about Mike uh, McNamara being the, the key to the game for Michigan, I think overall the X factor in general just has to be the quarterback play, which quarterback is able to make fewer mistakes slash make more big plays. And because neither of those quarterbacks have really been asked or even tasked with carrying the load on offense most of the year, only in spot situations. Uh, I, you saw Stetson Bennett throw for almost 400 yards in the SEC title game, but he was trying to dig out of a giant abyss, and he still made a bunch of turnovers in that game. I believe he had three interceptions, maybe a fumble on top of that. Like, it was not pretty. Um, so they've. this is going to come down to who really makes – who really controls the line of scrimmage and makes fewer mistakes. Um, so I think we can get into our game picks on this one as well. Uh, so Zach, who do you have winning this game and is, does the winner cover or not? Uh, the winner does cover because the winner is Michigan. Ah, Harbaugh oh. fine. Finally has a team good enough to, go to the championship i just i just don't see stetson bennett carrying georgia to a win here mike yeah you know it pains me to say this because if you had asked me before the sec championship i didn't think georgia was going to lose all year and now i think they're going to lose their last two games i think michigan's going to end up going to the title game with bama um no one has had an answer for aiden hutchinson all year that guy's motor does not stop he, he's like a tj walk clone i mean just freakishly strong, freakishly fast, beats you off the edge in every way imaginable and makes quarterbacks' lives miserable. Um, I think McNamara is slightly better than Stetson Bennett. While I don't think either team will be able to run the ball, I think that will be the X factor. I think Michigan will be able to get more through the air than Georgia will just because Bennett's going to make more mistakes. Um, 
you know, I could see this going either way. I'm not sure if Michigan will cover or not. Um, truly, I think it's going to come down to whoever wins the turnover battle. But I think Bennett's more turnover prone. I think Magnamar is a little smarter. And for that reason, I'm taking Michigan. Okay. Well, I'm actually going to disagree with the both of you on this one. And this is just because I think that Georgia is going to come out motivated after coming off a loss in their first loss of the season. And they, they're they out to prove that, that like I mentioned earlier, that the SEC title game, that wasn't, that wasn't, uh, that was a fluke. Like that wasn't who that team is. Uh, so I think that they're going to be coming and try and show that, hey, like the body of work shows we're way better than this. They got the best of us one time, but we want a second crack at them. And we're not going to let Michigan of all teams come in and stop us. So I have Georgia over Michigan. However, I do have Michigan covering the seven and a half. I think this will be a one score game. And I ultimately think that the winner of this game will probably be the first team that finds the end zone first. Cause I can easily see this being like a 23 to 16 type of game where you see a lot of field goals and whoever really just gets that first touchdown uh, just kind of sets the, the table, sets the pace for the rest of the game. Uh, but I like Georgia to find a way to pull it out over Michigan. So that leaves uh, for the both of you, Alabama versus Michigan in your national championship games. Zach, give me who you like to win it all in that scenario. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> just, be, just because Alabama – and the Patriots don't win in the same year. <clears throat> Give me Michigan. Wow. Okay. Okay. Mike, would you like to join Zach in this venture? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I, I learned the hard way. Like, you don't ever – like, I thought Georgia was going to manhandle Bama. They were going to knock him out of the playoff. Don't bet against Saban. Like, really, just don't ever bet against Saban. And on that whole like Patriots Bama thing, I, I I would love if that got broken this year, but no rookie QB has ever won the Super Bowl, so that's unlikely to happen. And so that that kind of gives me a little bit more confidence that Bama's going to do it. Um, but no, I mean, th- this comes down to one simple factor: one team has Bryce Young, the other one doesn't. Bryce Young's best quarterback in the country. Having the best quarterback in the country usually plays up in situations like this, and those teams usually end up winning. Look at Mac Jones; he's better than any other rookies get that got drafted last year. What team won last year? Alabama the year before that um with the COVID year I know was that I think that was the year that uh LSU won with who was their quarterback Joe Burrow the year before that who won the team that had Trevor Lawrence when he was the golden boy rookie it all comes down to the QB position and of all the teams in the playoff Bama's got the best one by a pretty wide margin so give me Bama so on a scale of one to ten guys how stubborn would you say I am Six and a half. It's 12. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I figured somewhere on that upper half. So uh, if I told you that I picked Georgia uh, in the preseason to win it all, uh, what do you think I'm doing if my prediction for the college football national championship is Georgia versus Bama? You're picking Georgia? Yeah. I'm sticking to my guns because I have to, because I'm stubborn and I need to be right. And I need to be right from the start. 
So Georgia's <laughs> going to find a way to beat Bama in the rematch, even though they showed in the SEC championship game that that is not really possible. They're going to find a way. I don't know how, but it's going to happen somehow. Hopefully it doesn't involve injuries, but Georgia's going to find a way just because I said so way back in August. So we've all got three different national champions. I, li- I like that. Let's see how that goes. Hey, uh, you know what? One of us is going to be right. Because there's no damn way Cincinnati's winning it. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah, have no shot. The fix in the talk sports pod is guaranteed to have a 33% hit rate. I love it. <laughs> Give it to we me. We are guaranteed yes. to pick a national champion. Hedging your bets. <laughs> the best way to go. Let's go. All right, as we kind of wind down here, uh, there is one more thing that I would like to bring up, and it's a, been a very popular topic of discussion in college football football for the last couple of years, and that would be the potential expansion of the college football playoff. We've already seen it go from two teams in the BCS era to four teams now in the college football playoff. With the college football playoff set to expire in, I believe it's 2024, uh, there is an opportunity for expansion or some sort of remodeling to go down. So the question I'm going to pose to the three of us is this. Should the playoff be expanded? And if so, what is the right number of teams to be in the playoff? Mike, I will start with you. Well, there is a correct answer to this question. And right now, that answer is no. And here's why. We talked earlier about how every year there is seemingly one blowout in the playoff game, in the playoff among the two games. So what good is it going to do anyone if more unqualified teams are getting into the playoffs? We're going to have more blowouts. No one wants to see more blowouts. We want more competition. Until a good fourth team can consistently get into the playoff, there's no one has any right expanding this playoff and pushing for eight teams as much as I would love to see that, or even six teams, like as cool as that would be to see like, Oh yeah, there's more teams, more games. Like it adds more intrigue, more excitement. And you know, doesn't like have the diminished new year six factor. Like it does with the Rose bowl, not meaning as much and the Fiesta bowl, not meaning as much like Cincinnati's going to get their doors blown off this year. We're sitting here making fun of like, well, we're all guaranteed to be right because we know Cincinnati's not going to win. Like, well, they're in the playoff. Like that team made the playoff. Like, why do we want more teams if those teams weren't good enough to pass Cincinnati? Like that, that, that must mean that in the committee's eyes, they weren't good enough to even have the right to play Bama. Like, why do we need to see Notre Dame Cincinnati just to know that they're going to get killed by Bama? Why do we need to see Bama play Baylor and then play the winner of that game just to kill two teams to get to the, to, to get to the championship game? You know, why do we need to see the other of like Baylor or Ole Miss go play a Michigan team that's probably going to blow their doors off? I, I don't want to see more blowouts. I want to see good games. And as much as I would love to tell you, like, oh, yeah, we're going to get to eight good teams soon, I don't know that we are. Like, the same schools recruit well every year. It's Alabama. It's Georgia. It's Ohio State. Now a and starting to come into the fold. Obviously, USC will pick back up, but that's at the expense of schools like Clemson, who will probably start losing recruits now that Venables is gone. Oklahoma, who will lose recruits now that Lincoln Riley is gone. Like, it... it, it there are a few schools that go in cycles, but for the majority, it's two or three schools every year that get the bulk of these recruits and have, you know, consistently good teams that can make the playoffs. The rest of them don't. Like the rest of these teams have no business being in it. So until there, there's a way to get more parity, I don't want to see more playoff games. 
Okay, that's that's a fair viewpoint. Zach, what are your thoughts on this one? Uh, I mean, Mike hit the nail on the head. <laughs> um, I mean, even if you expanded it to six, like, look, this year you put Notre Dame in. I mean, Notre Dame is just going to get in every year then. Because they're in that, like, five, six range. Because as independent, they don't play anybody. I mean, they, they lost one game to Cincinnati. And then they really don't play anybody. So they're going to have a good record. And then they're just going to get demolished by these big schools that are actually play people and are actually good at football. Um, so um, you look down the list, I mean, Ohio state, maybe their offense is able to keep up with somebody, but then Baylor eh, Ole Miss and eh, Oklahoma state, Michigan state all the way down the list. Like, why are we going to put in more shitters just so they can make more money? I mean, they already have bowl games with these guys in them, but, just they can make more money and say this is a college football game and they can sell more t-shirts. Um, I mean, I, I guess if they want to do that, they probably will because it's all about money for them. Should they? No. Um, there's, there's a few top teams every year and it's mostly three, two or three teams every year. They could honestly go back to the two and I'd be fine with that. Wow. Uh, so I actually, I'm in agreement with you guys on the whole playoff expansion. However, I will say that if it were expanded to eight, I wouldn't have a problem with it or even six. I, I don't think six has any momentum right now anyway, but I would be okay with an 18 playoff. Uh, I know that would in- involve another round uh, for the playoff. And like you guys said, probably a lot, another, just an extra round of blowouts, but for the sole purpose of maybe just maybe somebody pulls an upset and throws the whole thing for a loop. Uh, I wouldn't be entirely opposed to an 18 playoff. That being said, if you look at the history of the college football playoff, this being the eighth year of its existence, if you go back and you look at where the, the college football playoff rankings ended, I, I look at it and, I can only find three out of the eight years where you can really make a case where you should have had more than four teams in. Uh, those would be 2014, 2018, and 2020. 2014 was the original year. Uh, the final four was Alabama, Oregon, Florida State, Ohio State. If you remember correctly, that is the year where TCU went into the final week of play as the number three team in the rankings at 11 and 1. They won their last game 55 to three over an unranked Iowa State team. And they watched as they were dropped three spots uh, because Ohio State, who was sitting at five, won their Big Ten championship game over Wisconsin, who was ranked 13 at the time, 59 to nothing. So that, that was one year where you had two Big 12 teams sitting at five and six with one loss. Uh, that were, I believe, co-Big 12 champions, and neither of them got in. So I could, you could make the case that you could, should have had six teams in that year. But then I don't really see a, a, another year until 2018, and that's a, a tough one, uh, even in its, of itself, because you're, if 2018, you're really just saying uh, – UCF didn't get a chance at 12 and 0, but again, we're going to see maybe this year what that's like with Cincinnati finally getting in. 
Uh, you had a one loss Ohio state team that didn't get in. So the big 10 wasn't represented at all. And so I, I think there were a couple of scenarios in like that. And then even last year in the COVID year, I think just because you had shortened uh, schedules, it, it was really difficult to really differentiate uh, at times. And I think that while the top four was unequivocal, I think you could have given a, an undefeated Cincinnati team a chance or even a one loss Texas A&M chance. It's a chance. Uh, so I think that there are a couple instances where uh, you, you could make the case that six teams were worthy of the playoff, but definitely not eight, definitely not eight. And there are more years that say, like you guys have been saying, that only like two or three teams really truly deserve to be in the playoff. And that fourth spot is just kind of handed to whatever the best of the rest is. Uh, so again, while I believe that it shouldn't be expanded, like you guys have said, I do think that I wouldn't be necessarily opposed to eight just for the off chance that maybe six upsets three and maybe seven gives two a scare or something like that. But I, I don't think you're going to see a heck of a lot of upsets in that presumptive quarterfinal round. Um, so I don't really think it's, it's worth it unless again, money has its way. Yeah. I mean, that's, you, you just spoke to it, Ryan, like it, you know, maybe six teams could get in because Ohio State's the sixth seed this year. And, like, you know, oh, that's that's cool that, like, you, you know, that they are the the sixth seed and probably have the ability to compete. But, like, even, even then, the fourth seed doesn't really do that much all the time. I mean, l- looking at the history of the CFP, we're in, what, the eighth year now? Yep. So the one seed has won it twice. The two seed has won it three times. And the four seed has won it twice. So the three seeds actually never won. So um, take no, that for what you will. No, I think nope. the, four, the four seed won once, I think. Didn't Ohio State it, win no, as the four seed? The, the, the four seed won twice. The three seed has never won. Oh, okay. So uh, that, that that bodes better for uh, mine and Zach's picks. I'm just saying. Uh, and <laughs> anywho. <Ryan. laughs> but like that four seed in 2014 that Ohio State team had, Ezekiel Elliott and Michael Thomas on it, as well as several other current NFL players, like several. And 2017 Alabama, I, I I don't need to say off. I don't need to know anyone off the top of my head to know they definitely had some NFL players. Like anytime Bama wins, it doesn't really matter what the seating is, you know. So it's like, I mean, it took teams with NFL level talent on it at four seeds to win the playoff. Other than that, like, it's been shock. It's been ones and twos. Bama, Clemson, Bama, Clemson, and LSU, all of whom had multiple NFL players on it. Like, that's what it takes to get into the playoff. It's future NFL teams. It's not meant for these, like, smaller schools that have guys who may or may not make it in there. And that's not to slight Notre Dame. They do have Kyle Hamilton and Kyron Williams who will be playing on Sundays. But, like, they don't have a ton outside of that. And it's not meant to slight Ohio State who has, you know, Stroud, Wilson, Olave. Like they don't have the talent level that Alabama has or that Georgia has, or even that this year's Michigan team has. Like it's just some of these teams just can't keep up. They've they've got it fine right now. You know, and and like Zach said, even two wouldn't be the worst thing at this point because it would put even more importance on the regular season and it would put the two best teams guaranteed on the biggest stage again. And it would actually add 
some significance back to the New Year's six bowls because then then they would actually mean something again instead of just like taking two of those bowls and having to put them towards the playoff. Yeah, because if you, if you do put uh, if you do expand the playoff to eight teams, then literally all six of the bowl games will become the playoff. Four of them will yeah. be quarterfinal matchups. The other two will be semifinal matchups, and then obviously the national championship is a is a uh, event in and of itself. Um, so that's that would I mean that that would literally get rid of the New Year's Six bowls altogether, basically. Um, so that that could be that could be a drawback to that. But if you even if you're not even sure if like if you're still doubting our point that the playoffs should, probably shouldn't be expanded, just just look at this year's playoff rankings, the final ones. Notre Dame at five, 11 and one, like Zach said, they played nobody this year. They did not beat a single team inside the final top 25 rankings. And they lost to the four seeded team in the playoff Cincinnati, Ohio state two lost team didn't even play in their conference championship game, lost to the big 10 champion, Michigan Wolverines who are in the playoff Baylor two lost big 12 team. Yeah. They didn't play anyone in the playoff, but they lost two games. And we all know two losses, you're out. And everyone else from there is a two-loss team or worse. So uh, I, I look at this and I just say there's really no, no way to fathom expanding the playoff unless you just want to open the door to potential chaos. But it just doesn't even seem like it would be possible because we're not even getting close games in the one versus four matchup at times. Um or we're, we're seemingly getting one of the two semifinal games being just runaway blowouts. And that just, that just tells you all you need to know that uh, what we have is good enough right now. Um, so I, I think four is the right number. Uh, I'm not opposed to switching it back to two, but I do like the four because it at least gives teams a little bit more hope. Although the fact that the SEC is, has now had uh, multiple years of getting multiple teams in says all you need to know about that. Um, so I think four is the right number, but uh, I, I can be swayed to shorten or expand it a little bit. All right. So I think that's, that's pretty much all I, I had here that I wanted to cover. Uh, anything else you w- guys want to cover Zach, Mike? Yes. No, Fuck don't do no, no. <laughs> and more importantly, fuck the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Dumb ass name for a trash ass school. You listeners obviously can't see this, but Ryan has gotten up and walked away from from the podcast. He he is no longer in his chair. He is isolated. He knows he has fucked up royally. I I really Zach, I don't know why he did this. He told me last week. He goes. I'm never going to ask you that question again. He literally just asked it to me again a week later. What an idiot. Like, God, I, I, I don't know what they're feeding this kid down in Arkansas, but like he just doesn't use his brain power when he comes on these podcasts at the end. What's the over under on him coming back? He'll come back. He has to like, he has to turn it off. Yeah, but are we talking like five, 10 minutes? You got like, is he just like standing off to the side of the camera? I don't know. Well, Mike, you got, Mike, you got any final thoughts for us? Final thoughts. I mean, you already covered the big one. Fuck do. Um, you know, I'm, I mean, I guess, you know, I'm looking forward to the playoff. Uh, you know, I'm looking forward to Bama just killing everybody like they always do and everyone crying about 
We have Bama. It's no fun. It's no fun. We have sorry. Get better recruits. Do better. <laughs> Saban Saban's better than all your coaches. Sorry, like that's just how it works. Like get somebody else to coach your teams. I don't know what to tell you. Um, looking forward to that, and then looking forward to the Christmas trip. Hell yeah, baby! Christmas trip. All right. Well, for Mike and Ryan, I'm Zach. Fuck Duke.